This is the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we get into some college football playoff, uh, NFL look-ahead games, and best bets, as always. We also talk a little bit about the Thanksgiving shenanigans that happened in the Bro Storm Sports households. Stay with us throughout. It's Bro Storm Sports with your hosts, Sasha and Scott Bushka. He's a sports talk show host named Sasha, named after Sasha Radunovich. And Scott's a wisdom-seeking, educated networking guy who works in the sports industry. Featuring intern P, the basement beer pong world champion. So put on your bro coat. It's time for a bro storm. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. It is Monday, November 28th as we record. The Steelers just got done beating the Colts 24-17. to And we are coming off the heels of last week, our first ever live in-person recording over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, some some little hiccups here and there. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit. But as far as the week went, there is some now question and some doubt as to whether Intern P is actually the basement beer pong champion of the world, as the intro states. And Scott didn't drink near as many Pinot Noirs as you'd expect over the course of the week. So uh, very, very interesting week, to say the least. How are we doing tonight, fellas? What's up, fellas? Yeah, I would say I'm... Uh average to slightly below average um yeah sasha you mentioned it i was gonna say we um we're gonna have to call hi-fi production and get him uh dave over there to change the intro because pearson's definitely no longer the basement beer pong champion after suffering several losses to myself to sasha uh to my wife kelsey and i think my four-year-old daughter shane beat him at least once um so that happened uh, no, I had a, I hope everyone else did as well. A great Thanksgiving week, consumed a lot of football, didn't drink a lot of Pinots, but I think I quadrupled my, um, my intake of both Miller Lite and Boulevard Wheats being around you two clowns. Um, so I'm ready to rock and roll tonight. Things did not go that well for, uh, well, definitely not my picks. P did pretty good last week. Um, and yeah, we learned that we're not professional, um, in-person video audio um, recorders just yet, um, but we're back in action this week, back to normal. It's going to be an amazing pod. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to apologize to all the intern P fans out there. Um, I let you all down. I know you guys were all betting on me to reign my champion, and it it didn't work out for me this week. The cards just they weren't in in my favor, and I'm I'm sorry to all you guys. I'm sorry I let you down. Reign my champion. I'm not sure if you're trying to use like the term for reign of a king or like actual rain coming out of the sky there. That's interesting. No. Uh, also, I, I, Scott was only slightly exaggerating when he said that his four-year-old daughter, Shane, beat intern P in beer pong because our 12-year-old niece, Jocelyn, actually was on one of the teams that beat intern P in the tournament. So, Yeah, that's a good point paired with me. So good job, Jocelyn. Poor Congrats, job Congrats. Uh, I meant to say reigning champions, by the way. Um, that's what I was going for. Yeah. But well, English is about as good as your beer pong game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I feel really bad. I have it on decent authority that intern P may have been a little bit drunker than everyone else playing, but I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, to the listening audience. But let's get into some stuff here tonight uh we're gonna we're gonna take a i don't know the word uh 
a delve into something that we haven't really touched on very much as of as of yet, which is college football. Uh, we're heading into the we're heading into the championship weekend of college football, the conference championships, and the playoff picture is starting to shape up. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about who's going to end up in the CFP, the college football playoff, and who's not, and and what some different scenarios look like. Uh, but we definitely had some interesting results over the weekend. LSU took a loss, and they were sitting pretty to potentially make it in if they beat Georgia. Clemson took a loss. Ohio State took a loss to Michigan. So that leaves us basically in a scenario where you've got, the. to be clear, the official CFP rankings, the penultimate rankings, will come out tomorrow night. Uh, but just based on projections, you've probably got Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, and USC number 4. Uh, first of all, what do you guys think about those top four that we're seeing so far? And uh, any surprises in there for you? Yeah, let me um, let me start here with college football. I'm I'm glad to be talking about it. I have been on record, I think, with you guys on this podcast as saying I I have generally been really bored with college football over the last several years because it's like it's the same teams playing in the college football playoff every year. It's like, oh, who's it going to be? Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State? Like it, like that's basically the deal. Um, and I think this year has been a lot more fun to watch because there's been a little bit of variability at the top. Like you still got Georgia, who's the reigning national championship, and Stetson Bennett, who's like 40, um, playing quarterback at this point. Um, but other than that, it it seems a little bit more wide open. Um, so I think it's been a I think it's been um, a fun year and a good year for college football, just because you're getting a little bit more teams involved. Um, Thursday was a really good day for the NFL. I thought Friday and Saturday, there was lots of good college football games on. You had the Michigan-Ohio State game, which the score ended up looking um, worse than I think the actual game was. You had TCU pounding Iowa State, which wasn't a good game, but TCU kind of inserting their dominance. And then you had um, the USC-Notre Dame game. So lots of good games. Sasha, I I mean, I think you probably have those top four the same um, as everyone, right? You got Georgia up there at one. Um, you got uh, Michigan at two. A lot of people think they might be the best team in the country after what they did at Ohio State. You got TC, TCU with Max. What'd you call him? Duggan <laughs> Duggerson. Doug McDougerson. He, he should be a pro wrestler. He probably, he probably will be a pro wrestler after um, he loses in the college football playoff, doesn't go to the NFL, and is looking for something to do. Um, and, and then USC fourth, but, but I think there's a couple of interesting scenarios. If a couple of those teams lose, um, in their respective conference championships games, which I know we're going to get into. So, yeah. Um, yeah, still, still a lot of interest coming up this weekend. Yeah. So what it's funny because yeah, there has been a few more shakeups in college football this year and uh, a little bit more interesting things happening instead of just the same teams that make the playoff every year. However, there is a scenario where, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are all still in the playoff. So um, that's that's interesting yeah. for sure. I I want to take a look at. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be super super annoyed if that happens. So let's look at um, this scenario uh, first. You've got Georgia and Michigan one two. Let's assume Georgia beats LSU, Michigan beats Purdue. 
I think most people are expecting that there's no way Michigan doesn't beat Purdue. And also there's some school of thought that those two teams are pretty much locks no matter what happens in those games. Uh, yeah, but, that's Sasha. That's that's what I was going to ask you is, you know, do we we could assume they win, but I think we're also all kind of assuming that even if those two teams lose, they probably get in. So right. for now, let's make that assumption uh, that Georgia and Michigan are going to be in the top four. Uh, so what I want to look at in lieu of that, and what's interesting about this is none of the teams that are playing these four teams in their conference championship games are really contenders to make the playoffs. So it's all about one of these teams right. loses and then who slides in next. So none of these next teams that are in the the tier to slide in have a game this weekend. Uh, so they have nothing else right. to show. It just comes down to what who you think is better. So uh, TCU plays Kansas State, who's nine and three, and USC plays Utah, who's nine and three. Um, Assuming they both lose, K-State beats TCU and Utah beats USC, the next three teams on what I would project as the CFP poll are Ohio State, Tennessee, and Alabama. Two out of three. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's... Um, I am almost positive if that happened, it would be Alabama and Ohio State. And that's that's the scenario you said, which is that college football gets boring again, and you've got Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State in there with Michigan. So you've got you've got no one really that's not expected to be there. You would have some Tennessee fans up in arms, right? Because Tennessee's sitting there with two losses, and Alabama's sitting there with two losses, um, and Tennessee beat Alabama head to head, right? But the but um, the scenario with Tennessee is a their last two losses have looked pretty bad right and b if i'm not mistaken is th their quarterbacks out for the year yeah, right? so hidden and hookers out for the year and that's kind of the issue with tennessee now i will say this they won by a thousand this weekend but they're playing vanderbilt and that was without their quarterback um so it's kind of a scenario like ohio state and i believe 2014 they had to play the big 10 championship cardale jones cardale jones had to come in and play the big 10 championship game <laughs> after their quarterback got hurt, um, I believe Braxton Miller. And there, he was actually the third-string quarterback. They had gone through a couple already. And they had they won by like 50 points in the Big Ten championship game to kind of assert that it doesn't matter if our quarterback's out. This is a little bit different scenario because they were playing Vanderbilt. But there is an argument to be made for Tennessee over Alabama. Just to open it up, uh, there's three two-loss teams just behind those three teams, which is Penn State, Washington, and Clemson. I don't think any of them really have a chance. But what would have been more interesting is if the Pac-12 had like a smarter way to do their tiebreakers and Washington was playing USC instead of Utah. Because then if Washington's the team that beats USC, there's a case to be made to slide them in in their place uh, because they have two losses. They have the same record as Utah in the Pac-12 at 7-2. and two. They just never, uh, for whatever reason, Utah won that tiebreaker. I, I have no idea how the Pac-12 does their tiebreakers. Yeah. I mean, for whatever it's worth, it doesn't seem that the Pac-12 really does that much right. So. Not not that surprising. I mean, the more the more interesting question, I guess, is so you just listed off the top four plus six other teams, which gets us back to the age old debate of um, should we have an expanded playoff of either eight or 12 teams where four teams get a buy? Because because look, so like 
Some people could argue that the conference championship games create a bit of a playoff itself, but this is the perfect year where there is a wonkiness of teams that aren't going to play have to play in the conference championship weekend uh, and may get in where teams that have to play don't get in. Like I, I, I just don't get in. I'm sure this is the direction college football is going. Sasha, I know you and uh, you're passionate about this, but it like you just have this scenario where some people are playing, some people aren't and you end up with a shitty, a shitty result. The, I am passionate about it. I wouldn't say I'm super passionate about it, uh, but they've approved the 12 team playoff. It's coming in in 2026 at the latest, possibly earlier. I think there's some more votes coming up on that. So uh, we will be able to see that soon enough. P, do you have any thoughts on, on who goes in if TCU and USC both lose? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, I think Ohio state might be, might be done. I think they played really, really bad against Michigan. And it seems like CJ Stroud doesn't even want to be there. And I think that the committee is going to look at that in an unfriendly way. Um, I think I think Bama would get the nod. Um, they barely lost to LSU. I think they lost by one in overtime. Uh, I think Alabama is a better team, especially without Hayden Hooker. And I think the committee is going to kind of put that into their rankings as well. Yeah. It's how do you so so how do you just how do you justify Alabama over a two loss Tennessee team that they beat and an Ohio State team that has one loss to the number two team in the country. Yeah. Um Ohio I guess I did forget to say Ohio State. I said they sucked, which they did, but looking at a two team, a two loss team is not gonna gain over Ohio State losing one game to Michigan. But I think Tennessee's done. I just I think they're done. I think, I think Pearson or oh sorry, sorry, listening eyes. I think Interpreter's <laughs> drunk. Because he spent uh, three minutes talking about how Ohio State's not going to get in. <laughs> no, I just said they suck. If if they both lose, they're both in. Yeah. So, in what's the biggest upset of the college football season so far this year is that South Carolina basically knocked two teams out of the playoffs in their last two games. Because either Clemson or Tennessee would, I mean... They wouldn't be in the top four right now, but they would be the next two teams ready to jump into the top four. And potentially, Tennessee would actually be in there over USC. The whole Hayden Hooker injury thing is a huge wrench. We see this sometimes in the NCAA tournament when somebody gets hurt and it's tough to seat them because of that. And I don't know. I don't know if there's a huge precedent for how the CFP would handle that, other than that Cardale Jones scenario that we laid out earlier. But South like Spencer Radler returns from the dead to knock two teams out of the playoffs. Yeah. The next the next he's gonna be Cliff so, Kingsbury's next draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh god. Do we agree? And it's crazy that LSU took on a loss this weekend too, because Tennessee, Clemson, LSU all take on those losses. LSU was sitting in a situation where if they didn't lose this past weekend to, by the way, Texas A&M, one of the worst teams in the SEC, that if they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, they would have been in. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, uh, probably over a USC team. Um, it it would have been very close. And they're, they're actually, a lot of these losses that teams took this last weekend kind of ru- ruined some of the good debates that there would have been because there was some teams stacked up that, it was going to be hard between, you know, a TCU and a one-loss USC and an LSU two-loss and a one-loss USC and what would Tennessee be with one loss? 
a lot of these losses that came late in the season kind of kind of took some of the intrigue out of it. For sure. And I, I would have liked to see, like you said, Washington and Oregon in that conversation as well. Maybe I'm a bit of a West Coast homer, but Oregon manages to blow it late every year when they have a shot at the the college football playoff. Uh, I got I have two I have two important questions for you for you guys on the college football front. Um how funny would it be to see short, angry uh Nick Saban if Tennessee and or Ohio State gets in over them in the college football playoff? I I'm still flabbergasted by Nick Saban's shortness, first of all. <laughs> Does the the listening public knows, well, because of our show only, that he's five nine, right? Uh, I think five six. Oh, sorry, five six. Yeah. I was gonna say he's shorter than Pearson. Five nine. We're all in trouble then. I could have got behind. Like, okay, there's a lot of five nine guys out there, and even though I thought he was like six foot. No big deal. The fact that he's five six and he's just walking around, not letting anybody know, that's insane <laughs> to me. And I, I realize yeah, you're not going to walk around and like say, "Hey, I'm five six. But like the fact that I look at him and can't tell, man, that's a pretty short guy. I feel like he stands on a box in every interview. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good answer. Second important question: cage match. Between um, Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, who wins? Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh by a mile. Every dude. day of the week. Dude, by a mile. Yeah. Twice on Sunday, man. Jim Harbaugh might win the overall cage match of all college football coaches. <laughs> Sasha, what's the only reason I brought that up? What is the quote that you told so, me that yeah, Harbaugh said? I wasn't aware of it until like, the pregame leading in to the Ohio State-Michigan game. But apparently, last year after Michigan beat Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh essentially said some people are standing on third base and they think they hit a triple, but they didn't. And he admitted later on, like leading into this game, that he was talking about Ryan Day when he said that. So <laughs> Jim Harbaugh doesn't doesn't. I mean, he's not a jive turkey gobbler. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So a a um, Harbaugh's a legend. B I agree with him in in that quote. And C, I kind of want to see Ohio State get in and them have to play Michigan again, just Michigan again, just so the media can, can talk about that for an entire month. That would be incredible. So, in a perfect world, would you rather see TCU and USC win this weekend and keep the four that we have, or see one of these other three teams get in? I think I'm I'm curious to hear what P thinks. I think for me it's unequivocally um I want to see USC win. I, I would like a team from the West Coast, but I'd like to see TCU lose so we can have the debate for all those other teams that we talked about. And based on the last conversation, I want it to be Ohio State so we can have a, a day versus Harbaugh cage match. Yeah. So final thoughts on this or go ahead, P. Oh, I was just I, I'm a big twelve guy, so I do I would like to see TCU stay. They're going to get smashed, though. They're not even going to compete against Michigan, but still one of those things that you like to see them there. I like to root for the little guys. Yeah, so final thoughts for me is I think, like, if just TCU loses, it's pretty easy to slide Ohio State in there. They'd have the same number of losses as TCU. They were thought more highly of throughout the year. But if TCU and USC lose, 
there's a pretty strong case to be made to still put TCU in. Like we talked about Georgia and Michigan being locks, but that would still be TCU's first loss. And the the alternatives, Tennessee, Alabama, Penn State, Washington, Clemson, they all have two losses, and none of them have really been clicking on all cylinders throughout the year. The only team you could argue who was was Tennessee, who also has lost two games late and is missing their starting quarterback. Yeah. It's a it's a interesting point, probably the right point. It's I, I kind of want to see the um, committee have to make that decision because we'll see how much respect the Big Twelve gets these days in football, which I don't think is I don't think is that much. And I just think if they lose to K State, it's like they'll be out. It's very little is is the answer to that question. The respect the Big Twelve gets in football, and uh, I'll, I'll take us out of this segment. But one of the things that kills the Big Twelve on that is the full round robin like they like to brag about everybody playing everybody but when everybody plays everyone it's hard to accumulate really strong records like in the pac 12 with 12 teams you like usc didn't play washington and oregon that gives them a chance to get to eight and one but also those other teams all get these gaudy records while there's teams at the bottom that have one win all year and it really helps bolster your conference so i think that's that's something that'll help the big 12 when they get back to actually having 12 teams. Yeah, for sure. That's a lot of college football talk on a Monday on an NFL Monday, but uh, we're coming up on those conference championship games. It's a lot of fun. And we know college football likes to take four weeks off before they play their, the end of their season. So we won't get a lot of opportunity to talk about them much after next week. So uh, gotcha. All caught up on the college football playoff scenarios on the other side of the break. We're going to get into our NFL takeaways. Stay with us. Having an event that needs amazing entertainment? Hi-Fi Productions is the way to go. They bring their mobile dueling pianos and provide a highly interactive and fun show that's perfect for fundraisers, corporate events, or any kind of party. Is somebody getting married soon? Hi-Fi also provides the best wedding DJ service around, winning Wedding Wire's Couples Choice Award four years in a row. They know how to pack a dance floor. Based in Wichita, Kansas, visit HiFiProductions.net to book your unforgettable event. Welcome back into BroStorm Sports. We appreciate you listening as always. We got you set up for college football last segment, but we're going to get back to our bread and butter on this one, which is the NFL. There is some big games in this upcoming weekend in the NFL. Obviously, this past weekend, uh, we saw... You know, quite a bit of status quo uh, over Thanksgiving and uh, and this week. Most of the games went the way we thought, but it's all going to get kicked off on the first day of December on Thursday night with the Buffalo Bills traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Uh, so we're just going to bounce around the league and talk about some of these big games coming up, starting with that Bills-Patriots game. Yeah, Sasha, I forgot to ask when we kicked off the show. Um, has, are you happy with your hair? My hair looks pretty fantastic to steal a line from another radio host i know which is myself Asha, on my radio um, show uh yeah we had to start we had to start the recording a little late because sasha didn't like how his hair looked so he had to he had to go off camera and redo it but he's looking if you watch the youtube he's looking great right now Head hat head i was gonna wear a hat but hats kind of bother me sometimes so i took off the hat and i couldn't just leave the hat hair there uh for the pod for our YouTube viewers. So Scott, Scott's in a sassy mood tonight. I just wanted to check in. 
Um, all right. Bills at Patriots Thursday night. I want to. Um, I've waited a long time to bring this up on air, but I had a couple, couple of my buddies, specifically Eric Rimke, say that I should give the listening public a little bit of a view into just the idiocy of my friends. Um, I have a lot riding on the Patriots season in general because when I was on a guy's trip back in September, I might have made a bet with one of my buddies who's a Patriots fan um, that the Patriots would not make the playoffs this year. Um, I was so confident in him. I initially, I said, I bet him $10,000 that the Patriots would not make the playoffs. And then he said, why don't we just bet a trip for these 10 guys to Vegas? Loser has to pay for it. Um, Could be and I shook his hand on it. So I, so I have vigorously been um, rooting against the Patriots the entire year. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty nervous about it. Needless to say, Sasha, when I wasn't talking to you at the bar, on Thanksgiving evening, it's because I was really nervous that the Patriots were going to beat the Vikings. Um, but they didn't. Kirk Cousins saved my ass. Um, so anyways, on this show, we are rooting against the Patriots from now until they don't make the playoffs. Uh, if they do, I will be in serious trouble with my wife for multiple reasons. Um, you do realize that one of the one of the teams that you're going to be rooting for to keep the Patriots out of the playoffs is the New York Jets. So... Good luck on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, we're not going to talk a ton about this last week, but that, since they benched uh, Zach Wilson and put in Mike White, I mean, the Jets, the J- that's the best thing that happens to happen for my Patriots bet, like the entire season. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. They went from three inches of offense per play to a solid, like probably six yards of play with Mike White. Yeah. So, all right, back to back to business. Sorry, we're wasting we're wasting time. Um, Bills at Patriots. I um, S- Sasha, what is do, Sasha or P? Do either of you guys have the line on this game? Yeah, I've got it here. Uh, nine. The, the Bills are five, five point favorites. Minus five. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, uh, look, obviously, it's a big game for both teams and just the AFC playoff picture in general. Um, the Bills have been on shaky ground for a couple of weeks now. I, I mean they. They probably should have lost that game to Detroit on, on Thanksgiving Day. And the Patriots are sitting at 6-4. and four. I, I think they've got to win this game if they want to be serious about the, being in the playoffs in the, in the AFC. Um, so you've got short rest. You've got Josh Allen going into New England. You've got Bill Belichick that you know is going to plan to take away the things that the Bills like to do best. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a coin flip. I can definitely see the Patriots winning these games. Um, if Mac Jones doesn't piss down his leg and then they have to bring in Bailey Zappi. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Quick question, Scott. Do you like the piss down the leg reference or the shit the bed reference better? I use shit the bed more. I think I just stole that piss down your leg from you. And I think it's funnier. All right. Fair enough. Just wanted to get that cleared up. Uh, the bills, the bills have been on a bit of shaky ground lately. Um, and obviously the question around the bills is, can they win close games? Uh, or, but what's happened is the last couple of weeks, they actually have won relatively close games, but they've been in games where they were double digit favorites or at least close to double digit favorites. So does it really count if you're just winning by less than you're supposed to now, here's a game where they're only favored by five points. If it ends up being close, can they win it down the stretch? I actually feel like the Bills are due for a, a bit of a get-right game, um, which you should be happy about. 
uh, considering the what you have on the line there. With do you have to pay for their gambling too, or just flights? It's it's unclear. The details haven't been ironed out yet. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'll root for the Bills for you. Although I have been trying to get the Bills to take on some losses because with a game we're going to talk about next uh, later uh, in the segment, uh, I want to keep the Chiefs as the one seed in the AFC, and I feel like the Bills might need to take on another loss or two for that to happen. Uh, but I, I think the Bills are due for a get right game. What do you think, Intern P? I was unaware that this was a bet that you had made, and I love the degeneracy. Um, what? Why did you? Why though? Why do you hate the Patriots? You just—I'm just confused. Uh, I, I I don't hate the Patriots. This was just this is after the first week of the season. Uh, I believe they got beat pretty handily by the Miami Dolphins. I just was pretty confident that the Patriots weren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, and it looked, well, it, it I'll, looked, pretty, I'll root it for looked you. pretty good through two weeks. Yeah, I'll be rooting for you on Thursday night. Just to we're let gonna, you know, we're gonna move on. I might to the have next had. A, I also had a couple cocktails. If, if we're being honest here, we're gonna move on to the next game. But I feel like Scott's like rapidly going through his head of ways to subtly convince his wife not to listen to the podcast this week. <laughs> I'll tell her I'm. I'm joking. I was doing it for good content. Well, she's listening to this, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another uh, classic battle. This is an interconference matchup uh, between the Tennessee Titans, who lead the AFC South, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who lead the NFC East. Uh, Titans traveling to the Eagles. Uh, Both, I mean, after tonight, the Titans have a pretty good lock on the AFC South, and they're they're kind of in an enviable position in the AFC to pretty much know they're they can just win their incredibly horrific division and go to the playoffs and get a home game. Uh, but the Eagles, uh, despite being 10 and one do not have a mortal lock on the NFC East yet. And that's the difference between a one and a five seed, probably for sure. I am a believer in the Tennessee Titans. Um, I put my money where my mouth was last week and lost on best bets to intern P, which is um, sad, but I'm also happy to take a loss given what happened in beer pong against him. Um, so I'm a believer in the Titans, although they did lose at home to the Bengals this past weekend in one, in one of the better games uh, in this past week of NFL games. I think that's more reflection on the Bengals than it is on the Titans. I still think they're a really good team. They have a really stout run defense, which I think makes for a really interesting matchup against Philadelphia, right? Who, I mean, Philadelphia rushed for some ungodly amount of yards against Green Bay last night. I think it was, I mean, it was definitely over 350. And I believe um, that Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts both went under, over 150 yards. Um, so their rushing attack is really impressive. They're going to run up a, against the defense in Tennessee that can stop the run. So I think it's an interesting matchup of, of strengths. It's also an interesting gauge of most people think that the AFC is quite a bit stronger than the NFC. I think this is going to be a good gauge of that because if Tennessee hangs with Philadelphia in Philly, um, that's probably a pretty good projection because most people think Tennessee is probably the third, fourth, fifth best team in the AFC, and Philly is one of the best three in the NFC. So um, I don't know. I, th- I think Philly comes out on top. I think they're going to run the ball enough to come away with the victory, and Tennessee just can't score enough. Um, but I think it's a good matchup. Yeah, the the AFC NFC which is stronger thing is 
is an interesting one because most people do think the AFC is a lot stronger, uh, but the the record across the conferences, I don't think it's proved out that the AFC is winning most of those games. Uh, it's been pretty even throughout the year. But if you just look at the, the depth of the AFC and teams that you think could possibly win a Super Bowl, I think a lot of people... Like the NFC teams that have good records, there's a lot of them that nobody thought were going to be good going into the year. So people still don't think they're good, especially when you consider really the three teams people thought were going to be good are all under 500. The Packers aren't going to the playoffs. The Rams aren't going to the playoffs and the Bucks are probably only are, are probably going to the playoffs, but only because they're in another shitty South, which is the NFC South. Um, right. So right. The, it's the NFC geriatric tour didn't turn out as planned this year yeah it didn't go quite as well so that is an interesting game uh i i do think the eagles have a little bit more firepower than the titans and it just continues the narrative that the titans get no respect and not surprisingly the eagles are five and a half point favorites in that game with some of the lines i've seen with the titans this year i'm surprised it's not a little higher uh because that they they really have gotten a lack of respect in Vegas throughout the year. Another interconference matchup that we're going to see is the I guess you call it the Mike McDaniel Bowl because Kyle Shannon has nothing to do with the Dolphins. But the Dolphins are traveling to the 49ers. The 49ers all of a sudden look like maybe one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. And the Dolphins, it's hard to argue with being one of the two or three best teams in the AFC. I actually think that's a more intriguing matchup than that last one. Yeah, I'm I am really excited about this game. I don't know what my kids are going to be doing during this window, but I hope they're doing something that allows me to watch this in detail because it's it, like two of the most exciting teams in the NFL. You got the Mike McDaniel Bowl. You got Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McDaniel, which I think we're going to I think I'm going to get into it in best bets, but. Like I, I can't decide if the familiarity is going to lead to more points, um, get, given that they know what the other teams are trying to do against them on defense, or it goes the opposite direction, and and they both know some some of the, you know, creative play calling, um, that both Shanahan and McDaniel do, and the defenses are going to be able to adjust. So I think this is an awesome game. I think both of these teams are legit Super Bowl contenders. I do have, um, I don't know it. It was a little bit unclear to me at the end of that Texans Dolphins game if two was actually hurt. Do we have any resolution on that? I think they just pulled him and they were being really stubborn about putting him back in when it started to get closer. They just pulled him because they were up thirty to nothing. Didn't that game didn't it end up thirty to sixteen? Thirty to fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's hilarious. I mean, I did not bet this, but I list like Listen to stuff all week about how the over on that game was like a hundred percent sure thing, and then they, and then they pulled two two in the third quarter, and the game ends up thirty to fifteen. Yeah, I think intern P had the twelve as well, and the Dolphins were up I thirty did. to nothing, and there was multiple chances for the Texans to get inside that twelve points late in that game. So he was sweating that um, out. Um, it, so it, it was a sweat, but it cashed. As as long as Tua plays. Um, the thing that's interesting for me to to watch during this game is people have been saying for a couple of weeks now because the Dolphins have been playing a really weak schedule is like wait till they get against the team that's going to put some pressure on them that's going to bang Tua around um, 
And I think this is the matchup where you see is Tua for real. Can he create some space when Joe, when uh, Nick Bosa is breathing down his neck and actually get outside of the pocket, take some hits and make things happen um, or not? Like, I think we're going to find out if Tua and that Miami team are for real. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Niners are a very physical team. Coincidentally, before we move on to this last game, since this is the Mike McDaniel Bowl, have either of you seen like any of the snippets of Mike McDaniel press conferences throughout the year? Dude, I, I think he's, he's so goofy. Like there was at one point, in- just to give the listeners a view of it, if they haven't seen it, you should look it up, find it on TikTok wherever you go, find Bro Storm Sports on TikTok while you're there. But he's he's basically they asked him like the difference between being a head coach, and he's like, well. I used to be able to get by pretty easily without showering until about Wednesday. But now I have these press conferences and I have to look, look a lot better. Like after the game until Wednesday. So, I mean, he just, he's really like, he kind of seems like he's high. Most of the time he t- he's talking kind of slow, just saying goofy stuff all the time, dude. I think, I think he's effing amazing. And I just really want to be friends with him. Mike McDaniel, if you're ever in Portland and need a place to stay, my wife and I have an additional dwelling unit. You're welcome anytime. You don't have to pay. Uh, yeah, I, he he's he's hilarious, and I'm just like jealous of him getting to be himself and just being so hilarious at those press conferences. I mean, it says a lot too about him, like being comfortable enough in his own skin to just act the way he would normally act. Yeah. Um, and, and that might be why he's having a lot of success as a head coach early on. Yeah. Did you see him on the it was I think it's when they were playing the Bears in a game that they won, but Justin Fields was scrambling like every play for, for twenty five yards. He was on the he was on the Dolphin sideline and Mike McDaniel stopped and he goes, Hey, stop that. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, there was a snippet of him in a press conference talking about that as well. I told him to stop running so fast or something. Uh, you have a crush on Mike McDaniel. I like it. I'm glad it's not just me having a crush on somebody. I me do. and Giselle can finally rest. Dude, I would be in Mike McDaniel's DMs if he would let me, for sure. <laughs> now, I mostly, I most, I mostly also just don't like Joe Burrow. Um, as a Chiefs fan, this game scares the shit out of me um, because they did, to quote Sasha, piss down their leg twice against um, the Bengals last year. Um, I mean, I think like we talked about the Bengals Titans game. I think the Bengals are legit good. Um, Joe Burrow does have big nuts, balls of steel and big moments for sure. Right. They're doing all this without Jamar Chase, without Joe Mixon. Um, so uh, I think the game's a bit of a coin flip. Um, it sounds like P P or Sasha, which one of you guys was having some inside knowledge about Mahomes having a child recently. Yeah, I think it was intern P, but I, it doesn't feel like inside knowledge. Mm. It was it was Jamie's actually. We'll give him the credit this time. Oh, all right. Yeah, he said it was like forty five minutes ago, I believe, right when we started. Well, I don't I don't like that because anything that takes Mahomes' focus away from the Bengals is not a good thing. Yeah, I honestly I don't believe in NFL players having kids during the season. I feel like they should save those <laughs> activities for the off season. Uh, so <laughs> the fact that it's Mahomes and he's coming up against the Bengals this week really bothers me on the same week that they're getting Jamar chase back. 
but I will say this. I said this earlier today. Like, you, you got to be peaking at the right time going into the playoffs. And obviously, the Chiefs want to have the one seed and want to have a bye. But, and, and winning out guarantees them that. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world for the Chiefs to take on a loss in the next two to three games and then go on a little, like, three to four game winning streak to finish the season and be peaking going into the playoffs. Just like a little attention getting loss at some point. I wouldn't love it to be against the Bengals just because we, the chiefs, I said, we, sorry, the chiefs might play the Bengals in the playoffs and they've already shown that they have trouble against them. And so I'd love them to get like a confidence booster against the Bengals, but it would not be the end of the world for the chiefs to take on one more loss at some point. Yeah. Here's, um, here's my prediction. I think it's a bit of an FU game by the Chiefs. A bit of a reven- revenge, like Patrick Mahomes coming out and saying, I'm the MVP and I'm better than Joe Burrow. Um, but I think the key to the game is last, last year after the Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times in the, in the AFC divisional game, the Chiefs couldn't get to him at all. They couldn't put any pressure on him. So I think this weekend we see whether or not the improved defensive front with Chris Jones, Carlos Dunlap, um, Frank Clark, and then Carl Loftus can actually put some real pressure on him because we know the Bengals' offensive line is prone to give up sacks. So if we can get some pressure on him, give up sacks, I think we hold them to, um, you know, I was going to say enough points, but you know the Chiefs are going to score. So if we if we can hold them to... Um, you know, not scoring as many points as they did against us last year. I think that's the difference in the game. Yeah. Another thing to look at, the Chiefs have been really good in the red zone all year until this last week against the Rams. I feel like that's actually a good thing heading into the Bengals game because they'll probably get that corrected. And games like this that are that could end up being shootouts, it, a lot of times comes down to who scores in the red zone and who ends up kicking field goals. So I'd like I'd like to see the Chiefs perform a little bit better there this week, uh, but I think it's going to be a really good game. Honestly, with the Chiefs, you don't know whether you want them to go up ten or down ten early in the game because they seem to have better success when they're down ten early in the game. Uh, they they obviously had the huge lead against the Bengals in the playoffs last year, and ended up losing the game. But we've got a little while on this. I want to end with one quick thing. The NFC East, if the playoffs started today, would have all four teams in the playoffs. And the third and fourth place team in that division that would both be in the playoffs right now do square off this weekend uh, with the Commanders and the Giants playing. I don't want a lot of analysis on it, but I think at most one of those teams makes the playoffs. Who's better, the Commanders or the Giants? Commanders are better. Giants will win this weekend says here that the commanders are two and a half point road favorites. I don't know if they're that much better than the giants. Yeah. That's, that's saying they're like five points better, right? Yeah. That's, it's a pretty big road favoritism. If that's the, the word for it in turn P you got anything uh, to add to take us out of this segment? No, I just hope Taylor Heineke keeps putting his nuts on the table and keeping his job. That man has balls of steel, man. Yeah. Every single game, him and his bush slide on the plane. Yeah. Is that Once even again, legal? Strong analysis from P. It's illegal now, but we we won't talk about it. Did they show the bush slide? Yeah, I'm not here for analysis. They did. Well, it was like two weeks ago. He got fined. Yeah, he he did get fined though. Yeah, 
That's wild that NFL players can't drink on a plane. Anyway, but I also do think Chase Chase Young's coming back this week as well. So I think that's going to yeah. be huge for the the Commanders. Yeah. Just before we go to break, Sasha, I do feel obligated to say we are kid friendly here at Brostorm Sports. If you had kids, we like them. Uh, we just don't like professionals being distracted from their jobs. Yeah, super kid friendly. Haven't heard an F-bomb yet, have you? That's the only thing required to be kid-friendly. Anyways, on the other side, we're going to get into some of the other games. We're going to go into best bets. That's some of our NFL games to watch this upcoming week. In the best bets segment, we'll discuss how awesome we did last week. Stay with us. Welcome back into Brostorm Sports. We're coming to you live from Intern P Studios. He's wearing a beanie tonight. Is it cold down there in the basement, Intern? It is. Uh, I do it for style, though. Uh, I also have hat hair, so, but I actually don't care about a hat, unfortunately, that Sasha, Sasha does care. Are you not paying for heating in the basement, Sasha? Our uh, our tenant has a, is late on rent, so we couldn't afford the heating bill this week. <laughs> uh, so, but you could afford afford a new some new flag decor for uh, intern P's YouTube shot. Yeah, well, Heck yeah. Hey, watch the YouTube and you can see my flag. flags instead of paying rent. So he's got that going. Uh, but. Yeah, USA, coincidentally, and we'll mention this a little bit at the end, but USA plays Iran probably by the time you're listening to this. They will have played. Uh, if they win, they're moving on to the uh, past the group stage into the knockout rounds, and we're going to get into that a little bit next week. But for now, let's talk a little bit about best bets. Scott, how we do last week? We did um, slightly below average. I think being in person... Us off trying to figure game. out audio and video. Yeah, I think it threw us off our game a little bit. I'm I'm highly disappointed slash close to giving up on best bets for myself. Um, so we we as a group, I mean, bit of a bit of a hallmark week for us in that um, Jake J Miz, uh, the guy who runs our social media, got into the fray, made some picks this week. Um, so we're gonna keep that going on a regular basis. He went one on one, then which is better than what we did as a group. Uh, we were three and five overall. So I'll give a bit of a quick rundown, and then we can get into making some picks for this week and try to do a little bit better. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the excuse of having the Patrick Mahomes excuse of having a new child in the past week to throw off my performance. So um, okay, Sasha, bit of a punch in the face for the champ here. You were you were zero and two. You had the Chargers covering three and a half against the Cardinals. The Chargers won, but they won by one point. Um, barely pulled that out against Cliff Kingsbury and Carla Murray. So um, that's 0-1. And then you also had the Saints um, covering eight against San Francisco. I think the Saints were shut out. Um, low scoring game, but they did not cover eight. So you were 0-2 on the weekend. Brings you to 11-7 and overall. If it makes you feel any better, I also started Andy Dalton in fantasy. So the Saints double whammied me. That, of course, isn't a super flex league with all the quarterbacks taken. Don't make fun of me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, another another smart decision for you starting Andy Dalton against the 49ers. Um, okay, 
Moving on. Intern P, uh, 2-0 and o this weekend. What's Ooh. up? All, 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 of, all of that additional Thanksgiving alcohol consumption must have helped you. I'm here. I'm here for the taking. Coming for Sasha's crown. Better intern P is picks this week. Dude, Intern P is coming, and he's not that far off. Um, and I hear that if he wins the overall season bet, he doesn't have to pay rent for a year. Um, so we got that on the table. Uh, intern, intern P, Thanksgiving Day. He loves Thanksgiving Day. He told us that. Picked the Lions to cover nine against Buffalo. They covered that. That was a really good game. And then uh, he took the other side of the bet I took, which was the Bengals. Uh, favored by one and a half against uh, Tennessee in Tennessee. Uh, and the Bengals won by seven points due to a pretty poor botched uh, defensive play on a field goal to end that game in regulation for the Bengals. So intern P 2-0 and moves to 9-7-2 and on the season. He's only two games behind Sasha. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch. Anything to say for yourself, P? Sasha, be ready. Yeah, technically... With the two ties, he's he's on he's tied in the loss column, so he's he's tied in the loss. Whoa. So I guess that's one game Whoa. total. Whoa, yeah, Ooh, you're um, scared now. I I had a very rough week. We're gonna go quick. Uh, I had the other side of that uh, Titans Bengals game. I thought the Titans would cover one and a half at home. They did not. Uh, and then I had the Seahawks covering three and a half against Las Vegas, and I. I just never envisioned um, the Seahawks letting Vegas score 40 points and letting Josh Jacobs go nuts for over 300 yards. Um, so I went 0-2. That brings me to, holy shit, 6-11-1 on the year. I'm not even quite sure I dig myself out of this, so I'm just going to shut up. Yeah, it's rough. We might have to just start bringing in a celebrity guest picker each week to pick with P&I. Uh, obviously, we have... Jay is making picks on the socials now, and and those will be surprise on the Instagram each week. For those of you checking us out on Instagram, uh, give us a follow there. Yeah. By the way, um, but yeah. So so Sasha, sorry, just quick on um, Jay Miz's picks. He was one and one in his first week out. He picked the Ravens to cover three and a half against Jacksonville. They lost, um, so that was a loss. But then a Monday night game, I can tell he's a homer because I know he's a Steelers fan. He took the Steelers to cover two and a half against the Colts tonight, and they did. Side note, seems like Kenny Pickett's hands are growing on a week-to-week basis because he's throwing the ball better. So, um, J-Miz, one and one, three and five overall for us. And I'm sure those celebrity guest pickers are going to be easy to get in because intern P is always diligently working on, you know, finding guests for the podcast and other things of that nature. So um, I'm sure it'll be all over it this week. Was that facetious? Was that, was that what that was? <laughs> it, it was facetious. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. One awesome. thing to say about Kenny Let's, let's hear the picks. It's easy to have big hands in a dome. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are correct. All right. You guys mind if I go first this week? Shit, yeah. Yeah, so... I've got uh, I've got a couple of games pinpointed here uh, for for this upcoming weekend. Uh, neither of them are the games we talked about, like the big games this weekend. Uh, but there is another game 
that's somewhat interesting. It's an interconference matchup. I don't know how it didn't get on our list of games to talk about, but AFC's Titans, the New York Jets, not the Tennessee Titans, but like Titans of the AFC East, the New York Jets are traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, despite being eight and two now on the year, or are they nine and two? I guess it'd be nine and two. Sorry. The Vikings, despite being nine and two on the year now, uh, have only a five point plus five point point differential on the year. And the Jets still have an awesome defense. Sauce Gardner's still the best rookie in the NFL. And Mike White looked quite competent the other night uh, or the other day in, in the Jets blowout victory over, over the Bears. So I've got the New York Jets covering three plus three traveling to Minnesota. So I've got the Jets plus three against Minnesota. And then the other game I'm going to pinpoint, the Detroit Lions had won three games in a row leading in to their matchup with the Bills on Thanksgiving Day at home. And they they made it a game. They made it a close game. They covered the spread. And Detroit, like, that's going to be a blip on the radar that they lost to the Bills. But now they bring in Jacksonville. They play much better at home. They, they score a lot of points at home. Their defense, like, somewhat shows up at home, although they still probably have the worst defense in the league. So the Lions only... Only one-point favorites at home against the Jaguars. I'll go Detroit Lions minus one. Scott hates both picks. I think you're taking the cheese right now. No, no, no. No, no, no. These are both cheese decliners. These both are trap lines. You would think, like, Jaguars playing better. You get a point. And same with the Vikings. Like, the Vikings, supposedly the second-best team in the NFC against the lowly Jets. And they're only getting three at home. I passed on the cheese on both of these lines. I, d- I don't hate both those picks. I'm just pissed because we let you go first. And I really, I, I had that Detroit game down. Yeah. I wanted Detroit minus I want, one. I wanted now, to go first this week because I only had two games pinpointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that pick. I think the Jets Vikings is a total stay away. I mean, Mike White looked great. Week one, these backups always look great. Week one coming out of the shoot. So, um, yeah, I don't not not that I can't see the Jets covering. I just have no idea how that game plays out. That's fair. All right, P, me or you? All right, awesome. So <clears throat> I'm going to do something I normally don't do. Um, I actually have some analysis. <clears throat> I know it's weird. But I'm also taking an over this week. I don't think I've done it one time since the uh, the Lunder, the famous Lunder. That's you, the last time I took an over under. Where'd you get your analysis? Did you join Wikipedia? No, it's a. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I do have a membership. It's really good in college. It works out for me pretty well. Uh, yeah. Every anyone can put whatever they want on it, so it, we always get the best things. Wait, right? there you is you, like you know you, you gotta have donate. a membership to Wikipedia. I I, sh- I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Let me pick. Let me take my picks. All right. Quit distracting. I'm going to Wikipedia and write something stupid about intern P and see if he finds it. Dude, make me Wikipedia. You know it's page. editable by the world, right? Yes, I know what Wikipedia is. But, <laughs> anyways, you're distracting. I'm going Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers over forty-two and a half. So Chicago is actually eight and four this year. 
um, covering overs. And then the Packers are six and six. So, you know, they kind of even each other out. But I really liked Jordan Love's game last night. He looked really good. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play. So I think the line's a little bit lower. Um, I also think Justin Fields will be back a little bit more healthy, a little rested. I think it's going to be a division shootout with two young quarterbacks. And some points are going to be scored. Dude, look at intern P with the nerd wallet subscription dropping stats. Yeah, I know. You must have had some extra time on your hands today. No, I just, I've been gambling a lot more. So I just found this website called Team Rankings and it just, it has a lot of stuff on there. It's it's made me some money. I'm not going to lie. Gambles is the way it's rent money. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes it comes flags. Yeah. All right. So for my second pick, so Deshaun Watson's back this week for the Browns, and he happens to be playing the Houston Texans. And I think it's a revenge game for the Houston Texans. I think they're going to come out firing. I know they got absolutely pummeled last week against the Dolphins, but I think they're a little slighted that their franchise, quote-unquote, franchise quarterback left them. So I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. So Texans plus seven against the Cleveland Browns at Texans. Yeah, I don't hate that pick, actually. Deshaun Watson's going to be awful. Yeah, no, I didn't even say that he's going to play bad. Just real quick, and then we'll get Scott's picks, and we'll get out of here. We'll get you on on with your merry listening way. But do you think that line would be bigger or smaller if Jacoby Brissett was still starting for the Browns? I think it'd be bigger. I think the Texans are going to be motivated. Because Deshaun Watson's there. If it was Brissett, I bet it's like nine and a half. It's interesting. Scott, you got some picks? I got some picks. I'm uh I'm a little bit on the fly here because you stole my Dolphins Jaguars picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna go well, I guess two things. One, Sasha, you made fun of me rightfully so on last week's pod for betting on two teams that I've spent the entire year telling everyone are terrible. Um, which was a bad idea. Um, and so this year I'm getting a little bit back to my roots. I haven't taken over or under in a while and I'm taking two of them this week. Um, I'm going to start with the game. We already talked about last segment. Um, the Niners dolphins. I'm taking the over at 46 and a half points between the Niners and dolphins. Um, <clears throat> Miami is the second ranked ranked offense in the league by DVOA. Uh, and San Francisco has the 11th, but I think this is a don't don't shake your head at the DVOA stats. It's a real thing, Sasha. <laughs> Nobody um, would have known. <laughs> I think I think this is the classic case of um, strength versus strength, strength on offense versus weakness on defense. Um, San Francisco's defense is good, but it's better against the run than it is against the pass. And Miami likes to pass the ball. We've seen teams like the Chiefs who pass a lot give the Niners trouble. Chiefs just scored like 40-some points on them a couple weeks ago. And then if you flip it around, um, the Dolphins' defense isn't that good, but they're better against the run than they are against the pass. And the Niners are actually... um, Well, I don't have the stats here, but DVOA-wise, the Niners are actually much better passing than they are running, which is surprising to see in Shanahan's offense. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of points. I like over for 46 and a half. That is all contingent on two of playing, which I think that he will. Fair enough. Yeah. Let the record show that I'm, I'm the only purist of the group here. Uh, I just, I take teams every week. I don't, I don't hit the over unders. 
it's kind of kind of the easy way out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're gonna love this then. Pick two, which is which is which is in lieu of um, Detroit covering one against Jacksonville, is a pick that I have gone away from for a couple weeks. I did actually bet it in real life this week. It's the under in whatever game the Broncos are playing. Um, the the over under on the Broncos Panthers game this weekend was 36. I bet it that ended a tidy 33 total. Um, so I'm taking the Broncos Ravens under 38 points. Um, the Ravens love to play in low scoring games. The Broncos are averaging 14 points a game. I think that game stays low. Um, yeah, going under 38 points between the Broncos and Ravens. Those are my two picks. Shout so actually on that, that rankings website I was on, you know, I was talking about uh, the the Denver Broncos are 10 and one covering unders this year at a 90.9% clip. So hopefully the line makers are not adjusting to that by now. Is that, is I that feel what like 10 they out are of adjusting is? to that? Like, that is. Did you know that? They, they are adjusting, but the Broncos continue. Like I said, 36 points between them and the Panthers was the line last week. Scott, did under. you go wild when that defensive tackle for the Broncos started yelling at Russell Wilson? I loved it. I loved it. They, I mean, they, they, everyone else on that team hates Russell Wilson as much as the public does. Let's get out of here on that. You guys got anything else to add? So, yeah, next week we'll dive into the World Cup a little bit more. Uh, it's been another successful episode of Bro Storm Sports. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Instagram. Rate and subscribe. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening to the end. We appreciate it, as always. See you next time.